This episode of Wheatpeat's Word is brought to you by FieldView, the digital farming platform that lets you harness the power of your farm's data to optimize yield and maximize your return on investment so you can make the most of every acre. Good day and welcome to Wheat Pete's Word here on Real Agriculture for Wednesday, August the 3rd on this episode of The Word. Man, it is the year of the haves and the have-nots. Insect problems just continue to be really surprising what's going on from that perspective. Some surprise diseases. What? Why do we have diseases when it's dry? That does not make good sense. Some rotation realities. We also are going to try to talk about potash. Can we do anything about all the potash deficiency out there? And hopefully at the end, I get to water hemp because it is a water hemp watch out. Let's go. First off, it's August 3rd. The off-cap program started taking applications this morning. You've got two weeks, so you don't have to rush because it's not really short of money in this funding, but two weeks and then the the program intake closes, so you've got to get that done if you can at all. Next, pay attention to your local Soil and Crop Improvement Association. It is the summer tour time frame. Lots of cool stuff going on with Soil and Crop Associations, and that's sort of your local beef barbecue and a bunch of that stuff. It's, it's a great time of year to get out and get re-engaged with your community. So make sure you do that. And last but not least, I'm getting tons of questions about wheat varieties. Well, guess what? There ain't nothing new. Well, it's not quite true. There is a new, I believe, Bravant variety, 25R76. I don't think there's that much seed supply, so you want to get it in in your plots. It looks like a solid new variety, so absolutely get it out there in your plots. But if you're looking for this year's variety data, that's not likely going to be available until August 20th, uh, 22nd, somewhere in that range at gocereals.ca. We are pushing to get that done as quickly as we can. If we get any of that up before that, I'll definitely let you know. But I think the status quo, there's not a lot of new stuff out there. There is some new stuff in the pipeline, but it's just not coming out this year. Okay, let's go. And yes, there is no equity. Man, there are areas across North America where things are just unbelievable, best ever. And there are other areas where it is just really, really tough. There is no equity. That holds true in southwestern Ontario. The rain went through on Monday. I drove through some rainstorms. I said, yeah, it looks like we're getting big amounts. Oh, gosh, nope. Lots of growers getting essentially nothing or one millimeter. The lucky thunderstorm strips getting 40 millimeters, somewhere in that range. And that's just where we're at. It continues to be extremely strippy and extremely dry in most of southwestern Ontario. That is not the case. When we go east of Toronto, man, even on the shallow soils out in that Peterborough, Lindsay area, they typically have shallow to bedrock soils and, and through Kingston, that area. This year, they have amazing crops. 
a caller from Lindsay saying, hey, Peter, haven't called for a while, but I just got to tell you, last year was pretty good. The oats and wheat uh, was too dry for too long for us, but corn was okay, and, and the second and third cut of hay was, was good. Like, we had a good year last year, but this year, oh, my gosh, the wheat is 30 to 40% above average. We've had three incredible hay crops. In fact, one of our wheat fields, 119 bushels per acre, just phenomenal. Keith out in his scouting his wheat field, or pardon me, his oat field with his sprayer, his self-propelled sprayer, because the darn stuff is so tall that it's hard to walk through. Some people up in northern Ontario, the New Liskard, Verner area, basically saying the same thing that it's wow in this part of the world. Warren with an absolutely amazing best ever wheat crop in eastern Ontario just touching almost at 130 bushel per acre average and it's not just in Ontario 406 agronomy that's Montana tweeting me out some pictures some videos of combining amazing wheat crops in Montana now there are areas in Montana that are incredibly dry but where it's good it's awesome Andrew Farms at Morden, Manitoba. Now, it's not in the bin yet, but oh my gosh, some winter wheat at 80 heads per square foot, 38 kernels per head. That's massive. Man, we hardly ever see that in North America. 39 gram thousand kernel weight. So they harvested some kernels and weighed them. And the they said at a 70% calibration factor, which basically says, okay, we don't believe those numbers. There's no way it can be that good. Uh, we're going to say that it's only 70% as good as what that would calculate out to. And it calculates out to almost 130, 130 bushels per acre at more than Manitoba. Well, man, where it is good, it is incredible. And what's really astounding about this my good friend Steve, I talked to him and I said, how was the wheat? Steve, you happy with it? Oh, well, no, gosh, I can't say that, uh, that I was, you know, that 120 bushel average. What? <laughs> 120 bushel average and you're not happy with it and Warren saying that his wheat as well, it felt like a disappointment. Oh my gosh, I don't know what you guys expect, but if you're disappointed with 120 or 130 bushel wheat, I say that is an awesome thing because it means you're going to try and do better. And by the way, lots of people are saying to me, Peter, are we going to set a new record wheat yield here in the province of Ontario? And my answer is, man, we just might. So that to me is, is quite incredible from a crop that on the 1st of May, I basically was saying it's too thin there's no use pushing this wheat crop. It's average at best. And now, well, it'll depend on how many poor wheat fields there are, there are out there because it is not that good everywhere. But my gosh, Luke saying great wheat, you know, 20 bushels per acre, better than we expected. That's up in the Gray Bruce area. But the one downside is we are seeing lower protein. Some growers still making 12% on hard red wheat, but lots of hard red wheat in that 10 to 11% protein. Why is that? Because they're getting 15 bushels per acre more wheat and protein is simply a dilution factor. What did we do wrong? Well, we never should have given up on that wheat crop, man. <laughs> it just, 
Grain Phil did it for us, and we sort of gave up because it didn't look like we had a crop to deal with or or certainly not a, a stellar crop, and turns out we had a stellar crop, so you should never give up. The same, by the way, is true in Alberta. Remember how dry they started out, seeding into dust, and if they didn't get rain, not going to have a crop at all. Scott getting some real high winds and heavy rains and the barley out there is so thick and so lush that where he added a little extra nitrogen, it went flat. But they've gone from basically saying we have no chance of getting a crop at all. They've gotten more rainfall than normal and the crop has utilized that. And now the crops in much of Alberta are looking really excellent. There's still dry spots. I get that. But man, it really is quite incredible how that can switch if Mother Nature decides to give you the moisture and the sunshine that you need. Meanwhile, will we make record wheat yields in Ontario? Well, there is some very poor wheat out there down in the Niagara Peninsula hearing some, you know, 14 bushel per acre wheat as low as that and certainly you know, 10, 20, 30% below average in that area. It just, it was thin and it was so damaged by the excess water and, and some other fields, by the way. A lot of the disappointing fields that are only yielding, you know, 110 or 100 bushel per acre, 95 bushel per acre, it was early planted wheat and it never was able to fully recover from the excess moisture in October. Whereas Wheat planted actually a little bit later that didn't suffer as much from excess moisture, doing a wee bit better. And November wheat, just incredible. Lots of November wheat at 100 bushels per acre. Man, normally we struggle to get September wheat to, to 100 bushels per acre. And again, uh, it just makes me smile when growers are disappointed with 100 bushel per acre November wheat. I'll just finish up quickly though to say, wow, where it's dry, it is incredibly dry. Some growers now really just not willing to manage crops at all anymore. They're saying, why should we? We're just helping agricore. I hate that answer. I just hate that answer. But regardless, uh, no hay. We've gone from in southwestern Ontario. In the spring, we thought we had tons of hay supply. You could buy hay cheap, cheap, cheap. All of a sudden, we are short hay. Lots of growers, you know, crying, trying to find enough forage, planting oats after the wheat crop and saying we better get some rain or we're not going to have feed for the sheep or for the, the dairy cattle. Uh, it is tough from that standpoint one of the most interesting things my good friend greg stewart saying wow peter like have you noticed how low the pollen shed is in the corn crop and yes i scouted lots of corn fields and normally they're just covered in pollen coming out of a corn field this year there's just a lot less pollen in the dry areas. Do, do we have pollen? Do we have enough pollen for pollination? The answer is yes. I mean, gosh, we actually changed the size of the tassel on corn plants as we bred corn for higher yield. We, we didn't need a big tassel with all that pollen. So we changed that and it doesn't take a lot of pollen to get the job done. But 
It is. There's just less pollen because it is so dry. And Ryan, my good friend Ryan from Lambton County, saying, yeah, Peter, well, that's probably true, but it's also true that the corn's only seven feet tall, and maybe it's just short enough that we're not feeling the pollen quite as much as we do other years. Uh, Fair enough, but yeah, very low pollen shed, which is kind of interesting. And the the wicked weather continues uh, Kane out in Saskatchewan is tweeting out a picture of the hail, just wiped out his crop, and his comment was, well, at least I, I no longer have to spray the gra- grasshoppers, and uh, it's a tough reason to have to quit spraying grasshoppers. Okay, I want to move on and just mention quickly, harvest index, I talked about that, and a grower immediately says, yeah, but Peter, the harvest index, you're talking the straw, the stover, you're talking the grain, But what about the roots? Where in Harvest Index do the roots fit? Uh, We just, if they're too hard to to measure, that's the bottom line. Is there an easier way? We're getting better with some of the new computer-aided technology using the MRIs or the x-rays to to sort out the roots. But no, we don't look at Harvest Index uh, with roots at all. Uh, The grower also said, by the way, that roots are really important from an exudate standpoint and that perennial crops trump annual crops because we've we've just designed annual crops to give us lots of grain yield and root exudates are important and that's a hundred percent correct root exudates do make organic matter we've learned that that we feed the bugs through those root exudates but perennial crops it's not so much that annual crops don't give root exudates but if you look at an alfalfa crop it's basically giving out those root exudates from the first of april let's say till the i don't know the 15th of November with a corn crop it doesn't really start till the 15th of May or somewhere in that range before it's big enough to actually start having roots to to give out any root exudates and then it's done by the 30th of September so you, you get a longer season there and continuous root exudates definitely makes a difference enough what's going on in the insect world well if you're not in western Canada spraying grasshoppers man it just is odd We are seeing continued problems with soybean aphids where we have moisture in eastern Ontario and not soybean aphids, hardly any soybean aphids in the dry areas with potash deficiency like crazy. Typically, where you get potash deficiency, the sap that the aphids feed on is more nutritious it's got higher protein they're typically short protein and have too much energy too much sugar and the sap in drought stressed potash deficient plants has more amino acids in it and so we get really rapid production and and better prolificacy within the soybean aphids and that's where we see the soybean aphid problems nope Hardly any in southwestern Ontario. They continue to be a huge problem in the area that has the good moisture out in eastern Ontario. What we are seeing here in the dry southwest, well, definitely spider mites are slowly starting to increase. Again, though, you would have expected with how dry it is that spider mite problems would have ramped up in the early part of July. We're just seeing them starting to become more problematic. A few fields that that need sprayed, but not the big issue that we might have expected. Keep scouting because they are out there. Japanese beetles, a little bit of feeding by Japanese beetles, but nothing to warrant control. The one real surprise, and so there's several agronomists myself included 
we have found thrip issues in some fields to the point where in a cranberry bean field, I actually had to make the recommendation to spray the thrips. And that is really unusual. You can't see them, by the way. You need a magnifying glass. They're really hard to find. And we don't have good threshold numbers. It's not a, an alert, alert, alert. They're not that big, big a problem. But you just have to keep scouting. And if you see odd things, talk to an agronomist because there is weird stuff out there. Talking about weird stuff, where root rots in edible bean fields and in soybean fields and it's so dry you say how can root rots be an issue but you're walking through fields and you'll see plants that are simply dying and you pull them up you cut them open it's a definitely a root rot problem so we had enough moisture once to get that into the plant and then we've had no no moisture at all to help that plant grow new roots it's not a an epidemic but i am surprised at how many root rots we are seeing under these dry conditions. Albert Tenuta tells me as well that he's starting to see a sudden death syndrome. If you're seeing that, definitely check for soybean cyst nematode. Dig up those plants. But man, there is no tar spot. There's essentially no tar spot. This was the big, you know, oh my gosh, it's just going to be an epidemic every year in Ontario and in Michigan. And look, the tar spot is the disease we have to control for. Yeah, virtually no tar spot. Certainly in Albert's inoculated trials, he's seeing some and and some ramp up. But boy, it is hard to find. And that tells you that, yes, do we have the disease? We do. Do we have the crop, corn? Yes, we do. So that's two sides of the disease triangle. We just don't have the environment. Okay, I want to move on. I want to talk briefly because a number of producers have talked to me about corn on corn, second-year corn, third-year corn, how bad it looks this year. Well, that is not a surprise at all. If you look at Bill Dean's research and Dave Hooker's on these long-term rotation trials, you get a dry year. And that's when you get the biggest benefit out of a crop rotation. Or that's when you see the monoculture, the continuous corn, simply fall apart. And it can be a 30% yield hit. It doesn't surprise me at all. Corn on corn looks like crap this year. Uh, Yep, that's just, you get the dry year. That is what is going to happen. Okay, all this potash deficiency, can we do anything about it? Brad's saying, I refuse to be a pessimist. If I broadcast some potash, can I actually help the crop? Well, the problem, Brad, of course, as we all know, you need rain to make that potash available to the soybean crop. We don't need much rain because soybeans have surface roots. But we would need some rain. So to the caller who said, does it work in a drought? No, you you definitely need some rain. Foliar, can we solve it with foliar? Not at the level that it's at. If you have marginal potash deficiency symptoms, foliar can work. But in many cases, this is beyond marginal. and, And so you just, what do we do about it? Well, I don't know, more potash in the starter fertilizer program or better soil health, or at this point, it's basically, we need rain. And on that sour note, we are out of time. I'll have to talk about water hemp next week. That's it. That's all on behalf of the team here at Real Agriculture. This is Wheat Pete with the word for Wednesday, August the 3rd. Keep the feedback coming, please. Man, I just love all the great yield numbers. We'll talk to you next week. Bye now. Thank you for downloading this episode of Wheat Pete's Word. 
from planning to harvest and everything in between, turn field data into insights with FieldView. Because the more you know, the better you'll grow. With FieldView, it's always knowing season.